0: a podcast where my friend Clark and I usually uh, tackle albums that uh, changed our lives or that we're listening to these days or have been into lately Um, but this time I'm setting off on a somewhat solo adventure. Uh, Clark is not here this evening. Instead I have What turns out to be Into the Echo's favorite guest, uh, Seamus on the other line. How are you doing, Seamus?
1: Good, buddy. I feel like uh, we just lost half our listenership when you said Clark was on. (laughs) I
0: I know. Clark does have... He comes with his own fan base. He Uh,
1: does.
0: (laughs) Mostly because he likes likes music that everyone else seems to like, and then we kind of delve into the stuff that nobody wants to hear. But uh, that is not the case this evening. We are getting into... Our first post-rock album on the podcast, which I'm particularly excited about. I know you are too. This has been a genre that we've both loved for, for quite a while. And for those of you who are not familiar with what post-rock is, it's it's basically instrumental rock. It's It's got uh, rock instrumentation, and it's kind of structured. Songs are structured in an orchestral way. They're kind of movements, and they're typically longer songs. Um... Yeah, it's it's a fairly interesting genre to get into if you can handle not having lyrics. Which Seamus, I don't. What what was your first exposure to post rock?
1: You know, I think it was probably uh, like many people, Explosions in the Sky. Oh yes, um, they're probably the most well-known post rock band. Uh-huh. Um, unless you can think of someone else who would. No, that I mean,
0: I would put Mogwai up there with them, but not sure. not on the same. Level just because of the exposure that Explosions in the Sky has gotten lately. Do so theirs?
1: chances are, if if you've never heard of post rock, you have heard some kind of song um, from that genre or from some band. So, for example, Explosions in the Sky. If you're a Friday Night Lights fan, uh, movie or television show, they're the dudes who did the soundtrack. There, they're the uh, you know the guitar, all that good stuff. Well, yeah, um, it's
0: it's very much a, a soundscape. That's created by... Cold Soundscape Rock. is exactly right. Yeah, yeah so um, it's, it's very well adapted to soundtrack situations. But the band we're tackling today mm-hmm. in the album, uh, the band is Caspian. And their album, their newest album, Dust and Disquiet. And I'll just give you a little preview of what we're about to get into here. As you can see, it's kind of, uh, it's got a lot going on. Um, this album is, I was trying to think of, I was thinking about this album today as I was listening to it, kind of preparing for this, and the the word that I came up with that kind of describes this album to me, as far as the Caspian discography goes, is it's definitely their opus, I think. Uh,
1: uh, I was i was thinking you were going to say visceral. But <laughs> think, uh, not without, not without Clark here. Uh,
0: <laughs> by the way, have we poured one out for Clark yet? No, okay. uh, but I will do so yeah. right now. But at least Clark's not here to support his wine coolers this week. So, yeah, thank yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's kind of move right into this. Uh, I, I I said that this is Caspian's opus. Uh, I think this is. I think this album feels like they put everything that they had into it. Um, sure. And I think the finished product really shows that. I mean. Did you get a similar reaction to this?
1: Yeah, so this is Caspian's, what, fifth album, I want to say? Uh, um, let's maybe see, uh... even sixth. Uh, in terms of that, um, I feel like their sound has evolved over the yeah, last few albums oh, for with sure. Waking Season, I believe, was the most recent. Uh, or no, Him for the Grey's Generation, then yeah. Waking Season. Um, and it's kind of reached an apex here uh, with Dust and Disquiet. Um, This is nine, ten tracks long. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of encompasses the whole range of what they're capable of doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, And I think what this this album is made up of, of two very distinct parts. Um, Well, three, actually. Um, There are two rock ballads. Well, I guess ballad's not the right word. There's one ballad. mm -hmm. (laughs) There's two very stereotypical post-rock songs um and then there's some some um bridge songs i guess there's a few bridge songs that they that they use very effectively um i think tie the album together really well uh but i think it's the the three songs the the two two very heavy hard-hitting post-rock songs and the ballad that really kind of tie this whole thing together into quite a nice package for both newcomers and veterans alike when it comes to post rock.
1: If you were to pick a song that encapsulates this album, mm-hmm. which song do you think that would be?
0: I think that's I think that's the title track, dustin Disquiet.
1: I absolutely agree. Um, um and I
0: I hate to start with the last song, but I think we might have to. Um,
1: yeah, I, I think it's uh I think it's the most stereotypical and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, but just the most, yeah, stereotypical post rock song on this album, mm-hmm. and that it is a longer song. Mm-hmm. It does have that long slow build with a, you know, a crescendo and then a climax, um, which you'll hear on a lot of post rock tracks. It's kind of a signature for post rock is to have that long build, um, and Dustin to quiet disquiet certainly delivers. Yeah. Um, and maybe it, we can listen to that little crescendo right now. Yeah. Let's um, take it. Let's take an it. idea of that.
0: That's, that's fairly typical of a lot of post-rock songs, is to have something built in like that. Um, and there are a couple other instances of that on this album, which we'll get into. But this, this song overall, I mean, it, it's got that very slow start that's really nice with the kind of the droning guitar with the piano that comes in, which I can show you right here. continues to build from there But yeah, like you said, this is stereotypical post-rock stuff here. I mean, it's 11 minutes. It clocks in at just under 11 and a half minutes. Um, I mean, I think this is showing Caspian listeners what they can do, what they're capable of musically, Um, because this this follows that whole, the the idea of different movements that I was talking about earlier, um, because there are very distinct parts of this song. Into what a title track should be, I think. I think this is completely representative of the entire album and the band, I mean, in general.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think what I like most about this song is you kind of get a a hint of what's coming throughout the entire song. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you listen to it through a couple times, you start to pick up on, like, maybe a, a... Kind of a whisper of the uh, final guitar—that's um, rather haunting—that comes in around, oh, maybe ten minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, I think you know what I'm talking about. When it's just the car- guitar going, doo doo. I think is great i think that shows the talent that they have um the ability to do that to kind of show you what's coming but you don't really expect it nonetheless yeah um i think that alone is my favorite part of this song
0: mm-hmm.
1: um just the guitar the sheer skill yeah I, I, if anything post-rock it's just a bunch of talented dudes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what band it is. Um, the ability to build these soundscapes with just guitar, just bass, just drum, um, uh, and to evoke these emotions. Yeah, um, I think it it takes skill, both songwriting and technical skill.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like you forget that there aren't lyrics in songs like this because it, the song is structured in such a way that you feel like there are you know you feel like that the lead guitar is the lyrics um it's it's kind of phenomenal it's a it's a strange experience to have when you're listening to one of these songs and you kind of get completely displaced from what you think is happening (laughs) you know you you have like you have an experience with this song that you were not expecting at all because they've crafted it in such a cool and interesting way that it really engages you even without words
1: Yeah, the lead guitar's lyrics is pretty poignant, I think, to me. Mm -hmm. Um, The lead guitar is the voice in a lot of these songs. It's what's carrying the melody. uh, It's typically what, you know, uh, the singer would be singing or, you know, what have you. Um, And you really tend to focus on that guitar, first and foremost. Once you listen to the song a few more times, you start to pick up on the drum beats. You know, maybe the unique way the bass is playing, the piano coming in at... Uh, two minutes Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just all layered very very well Um, and I think if I were to show this album this probably would be the first song I would show um, to those who are curious about it Um, post rock kind of seems like a very hard thing to get into sometimes just kind of arcane like you know (laughs) it's different than some of the stuff that we've listened to in the past like gorillas what have you um, I think it's worth the time and the investment um, once you do start getting into that, um, but that might just be me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think so too. I, I mean, it took me a while. My my first exposure to post rock was uh, was Mogwai, um, and it was a particular song of theirs. It was on a actually a BMXing vi- uh, video that I watched when I was a teenager, um, and there was a Mogwai song on there. And I ended up looking up the soundtrack to it in the credits and tracking Mogwai down that way. And it it, do, it does take a while. Like, um, you know, I, I never really had a particular interest in instrumental music uh, before, before I had heard that. But I kind of delved into it a little bit and tried out a few different bands like Mogwai and uh, This Will Destroy You and Explosions in the Sky and... Um, and then finally, kind of got into the groove of it, and then found all these other, all these other bands out there that have been doing this for a while. Um, it's it's a totally unique genre. Uh, it's not for everybody, uh, and I understand that. But um, I mean, it's it's one of those that is also, I mean, it's engaging no matter how much you like it or not. It's it's interesting at least, um, it's, if nothing else. Uh, it's it's a different listening experience, which. Um, I think, spe- I mean, different. This album in particular, it feels different to me than the other Caspian discography. Um, especially, you know, you get some pretty stereotypical Caspian-sounding tracks right at the beginning uh, with Separation Number Two. go But I think the third track that you come to arcs of command um, I think that's the first one that's really that really kind of stands out and is like whoa okay. They're doing something different here.
1: Intro alone, uh, it's probably my favorite on the album. Yeah, uh, it just gets you going once you hear that. Is that a keyboard or is that a uh, guitar? I, well,
0: it was when I saw, so I saw them live uh, a few months ago uh, in Boise, and um, that was. I mean, it, it seemed like they just. It was just a keyboard that came in with mm-hmm. that, um, and then they put it on a loop so he could continue playing, <laughs> sure. continue playing a guitar, but. Um, but yeah, it was—it's was a, a very cool stage presence kind of thing to to have these different layered sounds kind of build and come in, because oftentimes you have one musician playing multiple instruments.
1: Yeah. So did you say they opened with this song we saw them live, or is that Dark Field?
0: They opened with Dark Field, which is gotcha. which is another one we'll tackle. But, which absolutely. Um, but Arty Command is—I mean, it's it's an exemplary post-rock song as well um i think it, it leans more towards the rock side which cast has a tendency to do um mm-hmm. they typically tour with more like hardcore screamo style bands which <laughs> is which is always an interesting pairing to me but um it kind of comes out in this like there are a few songs on here that there's actually one where they sing which is there's two that in which they sing in. Uh, one of them where they are kind of kind of hardcore like that which is yeah. interesting but um, but I think this song kind of leans more towards that side of Caspian where it's, it's super edgy and got very pronounced um, guitar riffs and uh, it's just it stands out as uh, more a heavier Caspian song so I think it's a, it's in the right place on the album as far as three tracks in because the first two are kind of a little slower and they lead you in a little bit. And then this one kind of gives you that first taste of, whoa, okay, these guys can do this.
1: yeah i definitely agree the first two kind of just hold your hands um get you ready for what you should be expecting from this album and speaking
0: of heavy the last the last like two minutes of this song let's take a listen real quick is that is just like that is powerful guitar right there i mean that's that's what you expect out of a like a metal song <laughs> it's like that, oh yeah absolutely. that chugging guitar and the i mean it this is a uh, it's got that great kind of driving force that you expect out of heavy rock
1: so this is where i'm super jealous of you seeing them live <laughs> um because this is the song I now have the hair where I can headbang and it actually yeah. be satisfying for me. <laughs> and this is the song off the album where I would just definitely be up front with you know oh yeah the devil horns up just mm-hmm. jamming up and down. Uh-huh. How was this song live? Oh the
0: man they they slayed it. I mean they they know how to perform live at this point. They've performed enough times that they really kind of they do well on stage and they interact with each other well on stage and um, a couple of these songs were particularly well done. Uh, Arcs of Command was one of them for sure. Um, but so did the song that they opened with, um, which is Darkfield. Um, yes. Which I think we should we should get to uh, because this is another one of those. It's a, a, a little bit shorter than Arcs of Command at, at only 6.5 minutes, whereas Arcs of Command is almost 9. Um, but it has just as much power packed into a smaller package.
1: It's it's funny that you say you know only six and a half <laughs> minutes because on a traditional album that is like that's the like long song yeah. on the album uh, for post rock. Yeah, that's definitely you know a baby song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like
0: speaking of when I saw these when I saw them play live, you know that that first uh, that first sound that kicks in at the beginning of Darkfield. Let's take a listen real quick. quiet you know after some hardcore band had played Um, and then that that kicks in out of nowhere and you know of course it it was a fairly small crowd because Boise is not a particularly progressive town as far as its music goes Um, (laughs) so there was there were not a whole lot of people there but uh, but the folks that were there that were fans of Caspian heard that kick in and immediately uh, lost their shit <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the phrase i was looking for because um, <laughs> i mean anyone that hears that that knows caspian knows that uh, that darkfield is on the way and that this is an amazing amazing song and it and it also encapsulates so much about what caspian can do musically I also think that this song couldn't have existed before this album, you know, I think no. this, this brings in so many of the newer Caspian techniques and sounds that it could not have been on a previous album and fit, um, which it's, it's cool to hear them evolve this much just between, you know, it was two years between Him for the Greatest Generation and Dustin um, Disquiet and they, their sound has completely matured, I think. Um, and Darkfield is one of those that proves that.
1: This is, I think rather unique to talk about, Just, I mean maybe in general, and that in past podcasts we could draw on, you know, most of the bands we're talking about are general knowledge, like people know who the gorillas are, they've heard Clint Eastwood people know who Nine Inch Nails are, they've heard Closer, so they can kind of rely on that when we talk, you know, like hey yeah, like it's different than his past stuff, so they can think back, like yeah Closer was, you know, <laughs> more industrial, more rocky I think Caspian and post rock in general is still kind of a niche thing where mm-hmm. not too many people know what we're talking about, um, and it makes it unique and kind of difficult yeah. um, when we're referring like, yeah, their past stuff. I was like, well, what the hell is their past <laughs> stuff? Mean? Like, what what are we talking about here? True. Um, I think the best way to remedy that would be to just take a little time, um, listen to some of the the older Caspian stuff. It's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I'd recommend Sycamore. <laughs>
0: Some of this stuff you hear and you're like, how are they gonna replicate this live? You know, mm-hmm. that's what I that's what I thought when I heard Darkfield. Um, I mean, I I had no idea what to expect because this this album is so well produced and so clean in the studio that I had no idea how they were gonna pull it off live. Like, there's that whole there's that whole section like right around four minutes in. that's just total chaos. There's mm-hmm. no rhythm or anything going on. Let's just take a listen real quick. And that, like, how how do you expect them to handle that live and not sound like total shit? I have no idea, but they pulled it off so well because that following riff that comes in that kind of ties that all together. that so strong and and so present that it kind of it remedied any chaos that was happening before it uh so it, i don't know it like yeah like you said it's just a, it's more of a spectator sport um i mean post kind of leaves you guessing a lot as far as uh, live poster art goes because you don't quite know how they're going to handle all the different parts of the song because it seems like it takes a lot of production to get these songs to sound right
1: um. And we were talking about how heavy Arcs Command is. This song is definitely up there with it, particularly the end. Oh, yeah. Another, yeah,
0: this is another riff that could come straight off of a metal album <laughs> which is i think why these guys tour with hardcore bands you know i think they fit well with with that whole genre
1: oh i'm sure they draw a lot of inspiration from yeah from that genre um <laughs> as well as that genre drawing inspiration from them that too for sure yeah
0: and i mean speaking of which we should probably touch on echo and abyss
1: yes um which is the fir- is this the first
0: song with lyrics from Caspian?
1: Just overall, or on this album? Overall, you know, I think it might be. Though hardcore listeners will probably correct us, yeah, um, if we're wrong. Regardless, um, it's
0: the first significant, significantly lyrical song that Caspian has put out. You know, it's I I like I like this song a lot. I think it's it's definitely on the top half of the album for me. Agreed. Um, it's very. I mean, it, it, following "Arcs of Command," which was another unique Caspian song, um, this is an absolutely unique song to this album. But it's it's interesting that the lyrics in this, or the the vocals in this song, are turned down. It sounds like I mean, you kind of have to really listen to it to pick them up and pick up what the lyrics are. a typically vocal with a typically vocal band you don't have to do that very much so it's almost like they're very aware that lyrics are completely secondary to their music and then you get that that great outro that puts them with those hardcore bands that they tour with and you get that you get that really cool hardcore element in just like the last minute maybe 45 seconds of this song um, where you can really feel them kind of fit into that genre for just a second. Just long enough to say, oh hey, you you can do multiple things.
1: Saying that you think this album's pretty melancholy. Oh yeah, I think it's definitely down as opposed to up. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I think those lyrics fit entirely with this with the uh, track title "Echo and Abyss." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, dust. I, I, an album called "Dust and Disquiet." There's no way that this can be <laughs> an uplifting r- experience. That's right. That's a good point. And I mean, while we're "Echo and Abyss" is is super unique and their second vocal track is also incredibly unique to the Caspian
1: discography uh, Run Dry yes and this is about as different from uh, Echo and Abyss as you can get from the go and abyss is rocky uh of lyrics depressing almost i would say mm-hmm. mondry kind of has this undercurrent of hope. To it yeah um, very distinct very clear lyrics uh different style of guitar it's acoustic as opposed to electric mm-hmm. um just gentle almost so.
0: yeah kind of it kind of it's a, it's placed really well on this album because you kind of build up for the first two songs and then you've got these two heavy hitters in Arcs of Command and echo in Abyss. And then you hit Run Dry, which is just puts the brakes on really hard and just makes you slow down and listen to, you know, it's just a guitar and then a piano comes in later.
1: There's a burden. We all
0: some very, yeah, like you said, very clear and distinct lyrics Um, and the mantra that's repeated is we're wide awake now. Anyway, that that's not uplifting, regardless of the situation. Like, regardless of what he's, what what they're referencing here, um, mm-hmm. it's just a cool thing to to realize about yourself or a group of people or whatever is that you you're fully aware of what you're doing, um, and I think I think it's that's why this does so well in the, at this part in the album because it's kind of the turning point, um, because I think. The songs from here on out kind of fit a different
1: mold than the first few it's very i want to say resigned is the kind of emotion i get from it mm-hmm. um in terms of lyrics yeah we're wide awake now there's a point where he sings um nothing will grow sweep so till you drown or until you run dry nothing You so it's just kind of like you know what <laughs> you're screwed. Yeah. You can either cry about it, um, and drown in your tears. You can cry about it and get over it, and uh, kind of wake up to the the facts and just deal yeah. with it.
0: And I, I mean that's that's that is so much for a post rock band to be dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is. And I think of any that I've listened to, I think Caspian is the band to do it because of their because of their versatility. You know, because um, there are post rock bands that don't leave the like the the metal genre, or there's post rock bands that don't leave the ambient genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Caspian is bold enough to kind of tackle a few of those, and I think that's what allows them to have effective lyrical songs as well, um, and. I think that's what allows them to tackle more complex issues in their songs like, like this one for sure.
1: This so album that... is not an album you listen to when you wanna get we <laughs> when you wanna be happy. Yeah. If you're if you're feeling the feels about something, yeah, listen to listen to to <laughs> quiet and be sad, but <laughs> it's not something that's gonna pump you up. No.
0: But I, I mean, this song has some uplifting components to it. I think when the piano comes in I think I think that, that that sound that that produces is particularly I mean as hopeful as a piano can be you know Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the song ends on a little lighter note but yeah it it, overall um, doesn't leave you with a whole lot of of, uh, good feeling coming out of this which is fine I mean that's they no one said that post-rock had to deal with all the good things (laughs) no there is a single on this album which they promoted uh, fairly heavily and uh, it's called Sad Heart of Mine Um, let's take a listen just to the very first part and you kind of get a completely different feel for what this album might be like
1: As can you, I, I just sure, yeah. can I just say how ironic the name "Sad Heart of Mine" is for this song? Yeah, because it's probably the most upbeat song on this album. Uh, oh, has the if, most if depressing, not, depressing title. <laughs> if not
0: if it, if the most uplifting song in Caspian discography in its entirety. I mean, this is a this is a happy song, um, mm-hmm. and and I think it's it comes at the perfect point in this album, um, which. I know I've said that about every almost every song we've <laughs> talked about, so that just says that this album is very well structured. I think mm-hmm. overall, but "Sad Heart of Mine" in particular, because um, you've got these, you've got that great intro with the with the piano, and then you've got these swelling kind of mini crescendos that happen um, in between what would be choruses. kind of builds up into this this very hopeful crescendo of a song.
1: What it is about the song like they promote it as a single it's unique on this album but i always tend to forget it when i think about this album yeah like i even think of the bridge pieces before i think of this song yeah. i think that maybe because it's just so different in tone mm-hmm. um but i place it on a different album um
0: yeah this is almost more of a uh like this could fit easily on waking season i think mm-hmm. um which was their album in 2012 um, which had more stuff that sounded like this, a little more uplifting, a little more uh, muddled. I would say like there's there's nothing. The guitars in this song don't really stand out like they do on Arts of Command or
1: uh, Dark Field. You know, that have yeah, heard. the pianos, pianos definitely the lead on this song.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a much needed break from from the rest of the album from the six songs leading up to this because then we launch into the outro which is uh dark field a turn of veil vale, and then dust and disquiet which is kind of like a that's a very long depressing ride <laughs> that you take it's a um, solid ride but yes it's yeah <laughs> very depressing. yeah it's it's 20 minutes of of soul searching that you do <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and not you don't necessarily discover the best places but I think Sad Heart of Mine is is a very necessary song on this album. Um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a completely necessary, although not entirely fitting song on this album.
1: So where do you think Caspian goes from here? We've talked about how this is like the pinnacle of what they've been mm-hmm. building up to. Do you think they can top this album, or do you think this is probably the best they're going to get?
0: You know, I think with, with what style of songs that they've been tackling and and the instrumentation that they use, I think this might be as good as they can get, which is not a bad thing. I mean, um, you could come out with quite a few albums like this. Oh, my God. Sorry, the cats are fucking just annihilating the blinds huh. right now. Bilbo,
1: Bilbo, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins tall. Bilbo bilbo baggins the bravest little hobbit of them all well he fought with the goblins
0: (laughs) Um, definitely keep that in
1: i know (laughs) 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 um
0: i think that uh that this album might be the high point for caspian which sounds (laughs) sounds like i'm i'm disappointed by what's going to be coming next but i'm not at all um, I think whatever comes next is going to be different, uh, but this is exactly what I want from Caspian, um, is this album right here, <laughs> you know, it's got, it's got a little bit of everything that I love about Caspian in, on it, um, from songs like Separation Number no. 2, f- for, like, for more down-tempo, easy-listening stuff, um, to songs like arcs of Command and Darkfield that you can totally rock out to, to songs like Dust and Disquiet, which are you know, epic in the true sense of the word longer songs that you can get lost in and listen to a couple times over and spent you know, a whole afternoon listening to uh, to really experimental stuff like Run Dry and turnum Veil and Echo and Abyss it's got a little bit of everything and I think that's, I think they just put it together in such a nice neat package that if they can outdo this, more power to them, but I I love this album, um, and I think they completely nailed what they've been trying to do for the last few years um, with this, and I'm, I'm excited to see what's next, but I'm also totally fine if this is the best Caspian album that ever is released, um, but I don't know, what, what do you think about it?
1: So I don't have a creative bone in my body. Um, so I it's hard to really be like oh yeah like this is you know as good as they're gonna get whatever because I just I literally can't think of you know what what direction they're gonna take um just cause they're much more creative guys than I'll ever be um I always do love seeing artists evolve their sounds and I hope they go either continue in this direction or go just a completely different direction um I always appreciate when people do evolve that sound even if I don't like it um spoiler i'm a big coldplay fan i haven't liked anything they put out (laughs) for the last two or three albums but that doesn't mean that you know yeah i hate them for not catering to my wishes it's what they're doing it's what they like um i think as long as Caspian or insert whatever bands that we're listening at the time continues to make this music and enjoy it um there'll be some aspect of it that i will be intrigued and i'll listen to uh as to this album, yeah, it's definitely the apex. I can't see them topping it. Yeah, but I love to be—I love to be surprised. So <laughs> I can't—I can't wait to be surprised. This is the kind of album you sit on for a few years and let
0: people discover it and figure out who you are and what you're about. Because this is—I mean, this is a masterpiece. This is nothing short of a masterpiece. Um,
1: yeah, and I and I, I'm, I imagine the the sheer amount of energy it takes to create something like this probably leaves you a bit drained for a yeah. couple of years. Oh, yeah. Um, but, hey, I could be wrong. You know, we'll <laughs> see when when they come out with something new.
0: I know. it. I I have no... I'm like you. I have no idea how creative energy works. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not sure if it comes in waves or what. But I am, I am completely happy to listen to this album for the rest of my Caspian career, um, because I think they got everything that they needed to here, um, and everything that they were looking for as a band, I think they put together here. So they should be incredibly proud of what they, they produced here. Um, this leads to a lot of other really cool bands, um, and very interesting soundscapes and soundtracks even, um you know you kind of get into that mode of things uh and an easy way to do that is to just look us up on secretweaponproductions.com slash echo uh that's where you'll find all of our episodes previous to this and this one um with information about how to get to the artist that we've been talking about
1: where would you rate caspian um in terms of your favorite post-rock oh god just curious
0: that's oh that's like picking picking my favorite kitten um <laughs> I would. I mean, they're top, top two or three. Oh, I'm... I love Caspian. I think that. I mean, I think that they are, are masters of what they do. Um, I mean. I mean, I would. Godspeed, you Black Emperor is probably my favorite, just because they're kind of the pioneers of this whole thing.
1: Um, yeah, if you're thinking about. Trying out post-rock. Don't try out Godspeed. <laughs> yeah,
0: they, they take a little something. bit.
1: The car is on fire, and there's no driver at the wheel. And the sewers are all muddied with a thousand lonely suicides. And a dark wind blows. <laughs> to look <interesting>.
0: more user friendly. <laughs> Let us let us do a Godspeed episode first, so we can guide you through it. Yes, um, I feel like that's one of those that we'll do that's not a particular album, but rather the entire discography. We'll kind of tackle um, in a special fourteen-hour-long episode. Um, we'll
1: bring uh, Clark along for that one, yeah, so he can yeah, so he can suffer be all the conduit for all that.
0: But no, I think Caspian. Ha- I mean, that's the thing about post is it's so subjective. You know i'm there are instrumental metal bands there's instrumental ambient bands there's instrumental rock bands and they all kind of fit into this this weird label we have of post-rock um and caspian fits in that place that i really like um but that's the great thing about post-rock is that there's so much different stuff um i mean like somebody could place Pelican way ahead of Caspian on their list just because they like the heavier stuff, you know, and I wouldn't blame them at all because with bands like Pelican and Russian Circles and Red Sparrows, you get more consistent, heavy sounds, whereas, you know, the ambient types are going to be more into Hammock and Helios and... Um, stars of the Lid. Yeah, Stars of the Lid. There's another... Well, that that might be a multi-day episode. It's... Um, <laughs> But I think that's that's the great thing about post-rock, because it's so versatile. Um, and just for me personally, Caspian covers exactly what I want to hear out of post-rock. Um, I don't know, what, what about you?
1: Oh, boy. Damn, I hate having my own question thrown back at me and not having a response. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's probably not in my top three maybe not even my top five but that just kind of speaks to the love i have for this genre yeah more than anything else yeah like i said it's
0: picking picking favorite kittens
1: exactly (laughs) there's i feel like there's a band for every situation every emotion you're going through it's just a matter of knowing what band you want to listen to at that time exactly yeah yeah. If you want to feel happy, listen to the album. If you want to feel, you know, a little down, Explosion Sky has a couple albums that will depress you a bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... You it's feel more about... You want feel
0: existential as fuck than listening to Godspeed the Black Hamper? Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: <laughs> like we mentioned earlier, the songs are more about evoking emotions, painting this soundscape. Um, that's honestly kind of hard to describe because mm-hmm. what I see and hear... As my soundscape is probably completely different from every other person who listens to the song. Yeah,
0: and that's that's the great part about it is, you know, I, I keep referencing this uh, back to what I said in the very first episode of Into the Echo is that one of the best things about music is that it's so easily interpreted in different ways, and I think this genre in particular is is particularly good at that uh, because. I could interpret so many different things from this album than you do and there's no lyrics to tell me if i'm right or wrong <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just it's the feelings that you get from listening to this stuff um so yeah i think i think i mean i don't think including it in your top lists or anything is is a bad sign i think it just goes to show how much talent and how much um how much love we have for this kind of, this genre, um, and I think, I think that speaks to the genre as a whole, as far as its power, um, and what it can do for you, um, and I'm sure, I mean, this is, like I said, this is the first post-rock album that we've tackled going into The Echo, um, I am 100% positive that it's not the last, uh, because this is a genre that particularly interests me, uh, Clark, I know, is a bit of a harder sell, um, but he's going to make me suffer through some pretty serious Clark music. <laughs> Which, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Clark music, uh, let me—I'll try and pull up a little sample for you so you can <laughs> so you can hear it. Um, but I—I I love. Hearing what other people have to say about post-rock, um, if you're into it at all, or if you haven't haven't listened to it and are looking for a way to get into it, um, you can definitely get at us on Twitter at EchoPod um, or on our website SecretWeaponProductions.com/echo. Email us or leave us a message there. Um, we can help you get into this uh, get into this very mysterious, interesting powerful genre um and and we'll see see what you think of it i mean you never know you might surprise yourself like seamus did um, <laughs> as far as as far as getting into this genre um do you have any do you have any uh closing advice for for newcomers to post rock
1: chances are you've heard it before whether in a tv show movie what have you you know if you like this kind of stuff or not. Even if you don't like it, just give it a fair shot. That's all we all we really ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel as a, the official elected spokesman of post-rock um, <laughs> that everyone should have the same love for it as I do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just give it a shot. There are some bands that are maybe a little more accessible than others, mm-hmm. I would say. Explosions in the Sky, um broadly album leaf. yeah um and then you can start getting into the the weirder shit like Mogwai yeah and uh Godspeed <laughs> but do you think the end of the world is coming no so says the preacher man but I don't go by what he says <sighs> <sighs> man I don't know it's <laughs> it's a good genre to listen to yes yeah. it's, it's just a good rainy day music
0: oh yeah absolutely it's it. And it's a deep wormhole. Once you're once you start, once you're hooked a little bit, you're gonna listen to nothing else um, for for quite some time because you're gonna keep discovering new artists. Um, so yeah, give it a shot. Uh, and if Caspian's Justin Disquiet didn't tickle your fancy, then I'm sure the next post-rock album we tackle will. But until then, uh, thank you for listening. This has been. Uh, this has been great. I'm glad we got to bring you guys on this very experimental adventure. Um, and I promise Clark will be back next time. I know you all miss him. Uh, I miss you, Clark. <laughs> I know that, yeah, Seamus and I miss you. Uh, I know our fan base misses you. So please come back and try to enjoy Post Rock uh, so, so we can talk about an album or two. But until then, this has been Seamus and Riley uh, filling in, and we will see you guys next time.